blowers out there this is n64 life with myself cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter your guide for the world's greatest computer game console of all time yes ladies and gents the nintendo 64 and this here another battle for jinjos and next week we've got a big one but you have to wait until the end of the show because i will not be just announcing what next week's battle for jinjos but the next two weeks because we've got two humongous weeks ahead and two anniversaries so it might be a little hint of the next two battle for jinjos so let's go on with the normal check-ins uh firstly is thank you so much still for your continued support up to 67 followers on twitch now seven subscribers people that like my stuff so much that they want to give me a little bit of money so thank you i mean that is humongous and with the twitch channel um our goal is to get 100 to 100 followers but if you haven't been on twitch yet you will not know that every time you get involved with the chat on the Twitch channel, you can earn yourself Jinjos. And with those Jinjos, what can you earn? Lots of things. However, one of them is a shout-out on the podcast. So, here we go. Shout-outs. Benji. Ah, oh, Benji. Wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a stream without Benji or Christian. Christian! Christian! Yeah, just drop it in there and my very lovely little sister i say lovely she keeps getting blocked by the uh mods on there uh like chloe sissel thank you all three of you for the massive support that you've given me there's your shout outs no chloe you're not getting anything too drastic that's your shout out just love it just love it um <laughs> but the mission is to get to those 100 followers and also to get to 400 followers on twitter that is our mission before march pokes its little head out of the clouds and hopefully there's some ray of light that we'll be able to start to live our lives as we once did probably um <laughs> We will be on that 100 milestone as well as 400 for Twitter. So if you're not already following on either one of those platforms, go and follow now. Just, you know, I'll give you a second. No, no, no that's the second over with. Now, you followed. Fantastic. Let's get into today's Battle for Jinjos. And that is these two games <clears throat> in the red corner developed by black ops games published by ea games released on the 3rd of the 10th 1999 it is the knockout kings 2000 
and in the blue corner developed by point of view published by midway games on the 8th of the 9th 1999 it is ready to rumble boxing Okay, I'm back then. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Right, should we do this? Battle for Jinjos. Let's go. So... Some of you might already know the rules of this. However, this is your first battle for Jinjos. I'm going to very nicely just cap off what this is all about. So, as we all know, in Banjo-Kazooie, you had five Jinjos that you could collect. And that's the mission of these two games. Each category, if it wins, it gets a Jinjo. Whoever ends up with the most Jinjos at the end of it wins. So the first one is usually storyline. However, in these two games, we're going to be basically going off against the characters that you can play as and unlock. So the first Jinjo will be for characters. Next one will be based on gameplay. The next Jinjo after that will be based off of sound and graphics. The one after that is the critic scores on IGN. And then after that, the most important Jinjo. What did you guys think? And if you're listening to this now, go over to Twitter. You may be lucky enough that there is a poll running. You get involved with whatever that poll is. Because um, <laughs> I keep realising that these are a bit time sensitive. And unless you listen to this as the latest episode, it could not be the one that I'm suggesting at the end of the show. So, <laughs> let's get into our first game in this battle for Jinjos and the characters that you can use. Now, these two games came out at a time when Nintendo was going for more of a maturer market um, it, towards its end of its lifespan. We definitely saw games that... W- it wouldn't have attracted in that early part of its uh, lifespan. You know, we had Tony Hawk's last time around, and these two games came around out around the same time, both in 1999, just before that Christmas rush. And the first game we're going to go into was developed by EA. And this game was originally set out to be a very simulation-based game. And where it is simulation, quite like other EA games, it prides itself and getting actual boxers that you can play as. So like the FIFA games, like the Madden games, like the NBA games, it was trying to go down that route of giving you a realistic simulation. And by Jinjo, they did not let us down in the roster of talent that they had. So we'll start off with the greatest ever, Muhammad Ali. And this just shows you, this stretches from the 50s all the way to the modern day then. And in fact, if you're looking at one of the boxers, Floyd Mayweather, he's only just retired. So it's relevant from now all the way back to the 50s. So as I said, we start off with the greatest, Muhammad Ali. Now, if you've ever dreamed about seeing Muhammad Ali facing off against Floyd May- Mayweather, this is the game to do it on. 
you've got you've got basically they they split them into three cl- uh, weight classes so you've got the heavyweights you've got the middleweights and you've got the um lightweights so the heavyweights you've got Muhammad Ali you've got Smoking Joe Frazier you've got Larry Holmes you've got uh, Evander Holyfield you've got Lennox Lewis who was one of my um my favorites when I was growing up um you've got David uh, David Tao you've got Leon Spinks you've got Butterbean now as a wrestling fan, this name is all about the 90s because in 1999, he famously knocked the f- out of Bart Gunn in the Brawl for All. If you don't know what the Brawl for All is, there is a HBO series based on it, uh, which is called Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, there's all about it when wrestling decided to try and turn legit. And as a punishment of the person that they didn't want to win, winning, he faced off against Butterbean. Now, if you ever want to see anybody hit the ground as if they had died, and he did, this was legit. I mean, like, he hits... The the knockout on that is just one of the standout, oh, no, moments in wrestling. Um, so they're your heavyweights, your middleweights, some real sort of recognisable names in here as well. You've got Oscar De La Hoya, you've got the marvellous Marvin uh, Hagler, you've got Robert uh, Roberto Duran, you've got uh, Pernell uh, Sweepy Whitaker, you've got Ike Bazooka Quarter Quarty Quarty Quarty. We're going to say Quarty. Uh, Obacar, you've got Fernando Vargas, uh, you've got uh, David Reed. Um, and then you've got the lightweights as well in Danny Romeo, Sugar Sh- Shane Mosley, Mosley. Uh, you've got Aaron P- uh, Pryor, you've got Alexis uh, Aguero, you've got Sean O'Grady, Floyd May- Mayweather, as I've already said. Uh, you've got Ankel um, Man- Manfred, Manfredi, Manfredi, uh, Angel-, uh, Angel Manfredi. You've got uh, Kevin Keeley uh, as well, or Kevin Kelly. Is that Kevin Kelly or Kevin Keeley? No, not that Kevin Kelly. It's definitely not that Kevin Kelly. But you've got a massive roster of 25 boxes that you can choose from on the N64 equivalent. But it it doesn't stop there with the recognisable names in the boxing world. Because you've got Jimmy... Uh, Jimmy... Jimmy? Uh, you've got Jimmy Lennon Jr., uh, who's emceeing. You've got Sean O'Grady and Al Albert on commentary. And you've got Miles Lane in there as the referee. Um... And do you know what? If you're going to be competing against one of the most recognisable voices that we'll go into in a minute, this is the way to do it because these two games went off against each other. And where this game held its own was that you had that lovely mix of the greats and those modern boxers. And... If you if you look at it as well, they, if you if you have a look at those characters that you can play as, they look like them. Now that we didn't, they used the facial mapping uh, that they would use for games like FIFA, like GoldenEye. But these people look like the stars that you were wanting to face off as. They the, that face mapping was brilliant because you didn't even get that on FIFA yet. FIFA, you didn't have customizable faces until the generation after the n60 n64 so if you look at it on that basis you know you you've got such an array of stars now if you do want to go and create your own uh, boxer on this there is a mode to do that now i had to have a little play around with it and it is quite nice but at the same time being a wrestling fan 
to me, there was just not enough customizable options. And I suppose you can say, how how customized do you really want this, Cliff? Because you can change special punches. You can do all of that. You know, you've got all these boxing signature moves that you can press at a touch of a button. But it, it just felt a bit dry to me. And especially if you hit that random one, you're more like going to get a character that looks like it should be in the other game than it should be in a but actual legit boxing simulator. Now, we go on to its competitor. And before we go into the any boxers, there's one man we need to bring up. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world on HBO pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen, from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! And that's the only time you are going to hear Michael Buffer's voice on this podcast. Because believe it or not, such an iconic voice. As I said, EA had to go out and get in every other recognisable name in boxing because there's one voice you remember. And he's actually copyrighted his own voice. That is incredible. He's copyrighted his own voice. So, as I said before, Midway came into the boxing market and got put a point of view to develop it for the N64. And if you look at the difference between the simulation of Knockout Kings 2000 compared to this real spiritual successor to um, Punch-Out. It, it, it is a massive, you know, worlds apart. However, we'll go into gameplay in a minute because they're not too dissimilar to one another, but there is that comic element and people remember this game for the characters. We have a listener of this very podcast also follows me on Twitch as well, whose name is Afro Thunder. I mean, like, it is so iconic. And a lot of people do think of this as being more of a Dreamcast game than they do of it being a N64 game. And we'll go into that in the graphics. Obviously, it was developed solely... This version of the game, it wasn't a port. It was developed for the N64. And the characters, my God, as I said... If you're looking at why this game rem is so fondly remembered, it has to be the list of characters. And they were all very much of that punch-out element of they were all stereotypes. <laughs> There's no other way of putting it. They're all stereotypes. You've got Boris the Bear uh, Kokimov, um, who's, um, you know, he, he's the creation big guy. Looks like he's from Rocky. You know, it, it is that stereotype. You've got Butcher Brown, huge bloke. One of my favourites, actually, uh, fighting with. You've got Afro Thunder already told uh said about his namesake um that's the one that people remember the skinny guy with the massive afro it's that difference in size as well um you've got um salu uh tai uh, again another tai uh former sumo wrestler so absolutely huge uh, japanese guy you've got uh angel raging riviera uh mexican stereotype in this game you've got uh tank thrasher who's a crocodile hunter 
guess where he's from? Australia. Um, you've got uh, C- Celine Strike, a uh, Brazilian cheerleader, and she has a big personality. Let's just put it like this. It's still the 90s. Um, you've got Jet Iron Chin, A, A. Hey, I see what you're doing there. Who's that Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee-esque, uh, you know, fighter. He, he's it, literally, they've just stolen the soundboard from uh, from the Mortal Kombat games for him. Uh, with Liu Kang. Uh, you've got Rocket uh, Sam- Samchi, who's a Thai boxer, a rival to Riviera. So we, we even get a little bit of storyline and a little bit of lore of this, that he defeated Riviera, and it was the guy that came out of nowhere and knocked him down. Oh, it's, it's great to have a little bit of a storyline in all this as well. You've got the Furious Faz Mortar, uh, Saudi Arabian bodyguard, yeah, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> anyway, you've got Lulu Valentine, fashion designer. You've got Big Willie Johnson. A, A, A. See what you did there? That Queensbury Rules British boxer. You've got Jimmy Blood, who's like a Marion uh, fighter from New Zealand. You've got uh, JR Flurry, who's like the protege slash Han Solo cocky type. Uh, you've got uh, unlockable characters as well. You've got G- Gino Salento, uh, C- uh, who's almost like a Rocky comeback. He's coming back for one more go. You've got um Kemo Claw, Native American, um, and um, m- mentor to Butcher Brown, which is great. Yeah, again, love a little bit of lore, love a little bit of storyline in a game that necessarily doesn't need it. Um, you've got uh, Sailor and Peter Check uh, wannabe, and that's Bruce Blade with his literally he's got one of the it's, it's like FIFA all over again where he goes to his contract negotiations with his headpiece on you've got Nat Daddy who's the prize fighter the one that is an absolute Goliath and then you've got Damian Black who is the devil let's just say he's the devil but the, as I said you've got those stereotypes you've got that over the top storyline there's you know obviously midway first ever produ- uh, publishers of the mortal Kombat games you've got that element of them trying to sow the seeds of an epic uh series here and it uh, did have two other games that came out after it but nowhere near successful but they they were sowing the seeds for something there but the really good thing about these characters you know, we've. We, if you look at the differences between the two sets of characters, you've got Knockout Kings, and yeah, you've got their special moves, but you you sort of you you learn how to fight as a heavyweight, you learn how to fight as a mid uh, middleweight, you know, learn how to fight as that lightweight. But there, there is much of a muchness. The, it, it, you don't have to learn which boxes more for you. you. You you can pick up any of those boxes on there. You can really go out and have your dream matches. This game, though, ready to rumble, you have to learn pretty quickly how these boxes fight. 
and you have to figure out which one's best suited for you now as the game goes on and we will go into gameplay the unfortunate part of the ready to rumble characters is that they definitely become some become so overpowered that if you're facing off against each other you just can't you can't face off certain characters against certain characters it just becomes a bit one-sided where you don't get that as much in the uh, knockout kings so here we go it's time to decide which one of these wins the jinjo as i said i really like that element of the um the realism in the faces uh of the um you know they've got the facial mapping uh on the sort of real boxes themselves if you're looking at uh, we're ready to rumble everyone's got their own little quirks and we'll go into sound we'll go into graphics later with actually how that comes to life um i think if you're looking at this and how i've judged it in the past the winner of the first jinjo for characters has to be ready to rumble boxing now I, I know i get what you mean it, you might be coming at me with the basis of well they're, they're created characters and that's why i'm coming at is they've been created every single one of these have been created and as i said there is a bit of knockout uh, punch out on this that it's stereotypical but it's fun it's fun and as i said some of these boxes have become iconic there's no other way of saying it is afro thunder is known by so many people just just seeing it you don't even need to have played ready to rumble but you can look at it and say ah that's afro thunder yet with knockout kings 2000 yeah you know them for more being boxers than in this game so it's time to go into round two Vaseline up, not not like that, not like that. I mean, and they put the Vaseline on their cuts, don't they? In box anyway. Now we come into that comeback ability on games. Yes, let's get in there. Comeback ability with games, and that is the gameplay itself. And neither of these games are perfect. However, they are neither of these games can be knocked out in the first round yeah that's as good a pun you're gonna get on this podcast so gameplay let's start off with uh, knockout champions 2000 so with both of these games very similar um that you've got a career mode in them we'll go into the career mode in a moment though you've got you can jump straight into like most ea games can literally hit that quick start button it will give you random boxes and you go straight into the game now i think that's a function that's been there on those sort of 90s ea games for a long time before that that is just literally hit a button and play but you have also got slugfest in there now slugfest is that element of where they try to go a bit more arcade so to give you a bit of a story behind this game when they brought out the first versions for people to go and play and test it was dairy simulation dairy simulation 
And you've still got that element there in the game now that you can control, duck, weave. And I'll say it again later, but it's definitely the sort of premise of what we will see later with the Fight Club series. You know, it is that sort of simulation feel. However, at the same time, they would they looked at maybe even Ready to Rumble coming out and saying, actually, we need a bit of arcade in this. And that's what you get with Slugfest. You can have anybody from any weight facing off against each other and no referee involvement either so you literally can go hammer and tong at this um and that's i i enjoy that that's really good because that's where as i said you've got that element of being able to face off against some of the greats against the greats but then you've got the career mode now the career mode in this one is great that you've got loads of uh, that created boxes um, and you move yourself up through the ranks um, and you build up your stats as well in um, in training modes and get yourself to being champion and the thing that lets down I would say this career mode is definitely that element of that you win the championship but after winning the championship you only get one title defense which is a bit sad I don't know if i like that too much but fair enough you know it it is what it is but it is not i thought it would have been nicer just to allow you to defend your title a little bit more as i said you've got a creator wrestler in this uh, sorry creator boxer in this as well god creator boxer in this as well um which is really really fun really really interesting but as i said quite limited very much like the fifa games it's really just creating a skin and as I said, you have still got that simulator feel to it because you are able to bob and weave. You are able to, you know, go for sort of side punches, for side, you know, aiming for the torso, aiming for the head. You know, you have got that element of tactics, but it does turn a bit because they made it a bit more arcadey into a bit of a slugfest. And I'm not talking about the um, <laughs> not about the uh, game mode slugfest. I'm talking about that you tend to not think so much into the defense. You tend to just think into all-out attack, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in a game because that's where it comes the excitement. But you do. You tend to not think about that element of blocking or anything like that. You are thinking more about that bobbing, bobbing and weaving, which is great when you're uh, Mohammed Ali because that's what you do um you also got in the game as well an element of a super punch so you're able to build up your um you know build up your offense and you'll be able to land one of your special super punches now at a hit of that c button you are able to land about five shots you land one of those right their mouth guards coming out and they're hitting the floor the next time around um it is it is really enjoyable because there's nothing worse in a game um and we'll go into this with uh, ready to rumble when the game makes you look like a complete spanner now you want a challenging game but you don't want a game to absolutely whoop your ass every time you want to you want to feel like you're a professional boxer and to have that element of those special punches is i quite enjoyed it you know, I had to go back. I, I went back last night and I played both games because this one was so hard. But I quite enjoyed that element of being able to land those special punches with the C buttons. And then we come on to Ready to Rumble. It is fun. I mean, it is fun. 
Um, but at that element of the sort of, it's harder. It's an arcade game. It is there really to sink quarters. You know, if you're looking at those old school, uh, you know, <laughs> arcade machines, that's what they were built to do. They were built, the, you know, the Mortal Kombat's, the Street Fighters. They were there to build, uh, to make money, to make loads of money from you. And how do you do that? You make it so it's bloody not easy to do because it makes you come back and it makes you put more, 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 more money into these things. Um, and it is that very arcade feel, and it has got an arcade mode similar to how you see arcade modes on normal fighters. And this is the thing, is that it it tries, with the gameplay, it doesn't know if it is a boxing game or a fighter. And you've got the arcade mode, and that's good. You know, I think that stands out from, let's say, other more serious games. And in the career mode, you've got actually more of an expansive career mode than I would say that you would on... Uh, the gameplay for uh, Knockout Kings 2000. You've got that element of being able to spend coins so you can go to prize fights, you can earn coins, and then you can train yourself up. And you've got these little mini games uh, that you can build up your stats with. So you've got Rumble Robics, you've got the body bag, you've got the heavy bag, you've got the speed bag, you've got lift weighting, um, and that adds depth to the game. And I've got to admit... If this is where it was hard, because gameplay, actually enjoyability, I would say Knockout Kings, but this career mode was so much more fun and had that comeback ability. Um, You wanted to keep training. You wanted to unlock the next character. And And I think that... You know, we discussed it when we were talking about characters, is that there is a bit of a it's a bit of a pain that you could train up someone to it's better you know one of the boxes to their best stats but have to call it a day with them there are some boxes out there that you just you no matter how much you train them up they they are going to be beaten by some of the others you know you look at let's say some of the quicker guys or girls and they just get to the point of that their defense and their attack are just never going to be good enough which is a bit of a shame really and then you had obviously when we talk about gameplay the the the, the thing that people remember about this bloody game is the <laughs> yeah yeah that that noise over and over again I think he copyrighted that flipping word. Anyway, and when you hit the two, you hit the A and B at the same time, and you'll be able to go into your rumble mode, which means that you'll be able to land better attacks, quicker attacks, and it is it's enjoyable. It's nice to build up to that rumble, but when you're playing one player, we were talking about the other game that it was. If you look at gameplay, that game was a slugfest. This one is more tactical, believe it or not, and it is knowing when to get in, when to get out, when to block. And the problem with that Wumble mode is, is when you're playing one player, doesn't matter, that AI just blocks everything. I mean, it's very rare you land a good flurry of punches when you're in that Wumble mode. It's to the extent of quite annoying. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's really bloody annoying. And, you know, I end by saying that this is a game that you can't just pick up. You've got to master this game. As I said, you've got to master which character best suits you. Now, this is a hard one. And I literally spent two hours whilst watching Chrizzlemania... Shout out for another channel on uh, Parts Unknown. I was watching their show last night and I was I was sat there and I was just weighing them both up and I couldn't do it. And it's really hard. However, I thought to myself, okay, if I was to give someone with no prior knowledge both games to pick up and enjoy, which one would they enjoy more? And this isn't to do with any of the character designs. This is solely on gameplay. And because of how successful the Fight Club series became, or Fight Night's apologies, I said Fight Club earlier, Fight Night series came later on. And this is showing elements of that Fight Night already. Yes, you haven't got the controller, uh, the, the, the joystick controls for the punches yet, but this is the seeds that are being sown. So... Gameplay, and I mean, this is by point one 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 of a percent. I mean, like, not. I mean, they're so similar, but then so different at the same time. The gameplay, Jinjo, is gonna go to Knockout Kings two thousand, and I know. Ready to Rumble has a massive following. But I've got to think of it. You know, I, I was generally went down that idea of, okay, if I was to give this game to a random person in the street, which one would they enjoy? And I think it's going to be Knockout Kings. And it, I think EA have just pipped them, and not by that much, but going into round three, it's 1-0. So here we have it, sound and graphics. Now, it's a difficult one with both of these games because they are so different, but I've got to weigh them up uh, in a fair, fair way. So we'll start off with Knockout Kings 2000. And do you know what? I extensively play, extensively, God, I'll get that out, played this over the last couple of weeks. And the frame weights... And this is the problem is with N64 PAL versions, the frame rate would occasionally drop and it hasn't dropped um, yet on me. So I think that's a massive bonus of this. You have got that element of each in each character. As I said, you, you've got the facial face uh, face gra- uh, mapping uh, that you, you've got the actual faces of those boxes on each of the boxes bit of a letdown though and we'll go into ready to rumble in a minute but you only if you if you get a bit of blood it's just like two lines of red on each eye it's very similar to what you saw in the acclaim um wrestling games is that it was just because they had the facial mapping it meant that it limited them to you know what actually they could do 
<laughs> so it's just a little bit red, a little bit red if you get, uh, you know, a bit of blood, get a bit bloody. Um, the knockout I mean, uh, animations and the the whole real-life animations in this, um, th- they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. It looks so realistic. Um, every punch, every... Punch thrown every, you know, I, I think even the sound as well. You know, you look at the sound, there's that realism, there's that simulation element of that it wants you to feel like you're a part of it and one of the ways they did this was the arenas that you could fight in so you had the great western forum you had caesar's palace so iconic you had the echo sports arena you had the german international arena you had the rome roman Colosseum. you had um Rop- Roppongi uh, Palace. Now, I, I couldn't find Roppongi Palace anywhere, and I was wondering if it was the Tokyo Dome. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't find that anywhere. You've got somewhere I was backstage on. Never say it. Wembley. You've got also the little bar as well. You know, yet again, it's the fight night. is the, so, the seeds are being sown for fight night. You've got that sort of local bar where you start off in. Um, and then you've got the Knockout Kings Arena. <laughs> which is very much like the Staples Centre, I would say. Um, But to immerse you into that element of that you are a boxer and you are moving yourself up these ranks, there's so much content in there that really immerses you in there. But we're going to start off with Ready to Rumble and we're going to go straight off the back of the face, (laughs) the little bit of, you know, blood. Now, Obviously, the Dreamcast version had a lot more detail, but this game still had that element of swelling, uh, bruising. Um, you know, it, 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 if you were pounding one part of their face, it would swell up. You know, I mean, for, to have that level of detail in each character, and that's each individual character would swell in different ways. That was fantastic giggity and um, but that was that was absolutely awesome and i think you know I, I always remember seeing the dreamcast version and until i owned this game i didn't know there was an n64 version but the n64 version for a lesser console does stand up it really stands up and one of the things that does stand up in this is as we know it's got a very limited space for you know cartridges do they have limited more limited space than cds so but each of these individual characters had their own sounds, had their own sounds whilst punching, had their own little cutscenes if they won, if they lost. You know, I, I think that was really, really nice that you had that element of detail in this game. Now, obviously, you've got Michael Buffer. <laughs> Shut up, Michael. You, you've copyrighted it. I can't use it. Stop it. Stop it, Michael. Go over... No, sit over there. God's sake, he's always around. Um, Now, that ready to rumble gets annoying. And that theme song... That theme song is fun to begin with, but it will get on your tits. fucking annoying it's so annoying let's get ready to rumble no 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 stop it stop it stop it um 
<laughs> so with sound, you, you, you had um, you obviously that one track all the way through the game. It's just stop it now. Don't don't you play again? Um, you you had that one track going all the way through the game, and the only sort of massive downside on the sound compared to Knockout Champions has to be those hits. They sound very archaic, uh, arcade, um, and. If this is the thing we're, we're judging a very arcade game versus a very simulated game, so it, it, you want over the top sounds, it's over the top characters. So, what I've written down as a bit of a negative technically it is a positive, it is a positive because it is over the top, it needs over the top sounds, it needs over the top gameplay, it needs over the top characters, and you are getting that with this game. <sighs> See, I'm doubting myself again. See. If we're looking at how smooth they both run, Knockout Champions runs a lot smoother, looks a lot more realistic, and it does. And there is an element of, with, you know, some of the blows you think they should hit in uh, Ready to Rumble, and they don't quite, and uh, I don't know. Mm, uh, I'm doubting myself. Right, I'm going to make a decision. It's my podcast. But if I was to look at it on that basis of what one stood out and graphics and sounds, even if I'm sort of doubting myself, it has to go to Ready to Rumble. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's about right. I think that's about right. Playing these two games, obviously, if you have a differing opinion to me and you own both games, please let me know. But I, I think that it just it's the level of detail in there it's the level of detail in that game and it's still remembered to that day maybe not for this console but for others for that level of detail ready to rumble wins the third round we're going into the final two what did you think and what did the critics think So we have critic scores and I have the scores in front of me and I have your scores in front of me as well. Now, we'll start off with what you guys thought, shall we? Yeah? Yeah. We'll start off how what you guys thought. But this time around, I didn't have many of you comment. <laughs> everybody very much kept themselves to themselves but one person that did comment and we knew know he owns a dreamcast uh that was uh terrier chad chad terrier on the old twitter and he said ready to rumble uh purely on the basis that uh knockout kings is the only game to have injured me You've never played Mario Party, the original, then have you? Um, got to a massive blister, giggity, on the palm of my hand, giggity, playing it as a teenager. Um, <laughs> you've never played Mario Party, mate. Um, but as I said, didn't have many of you comment. That was the only comment that I had about either game. Literally the only comment that I had through. So remember, if you want to get involved, please do. Don't worry, you don't have to. But we did have 10 of you vote, which is good. It's a nice, healthy amount for not 
two games that I would say that aren't as big as some of the ones we've got coming up. Teaser for the next one. Um, but we had 10 of you vote. So, the winner for the Jinjo for your vote is 80% to 20% ready to rumble. And this very much nicely goes on to what the critics thought of this game. And the critics very much repeated what I said already, which is always nice. I suppose it's because when you do your research, you're reading what a lot of the things the critics said anyway. Um, the, you know, if you're looking at what they said about Knockout Kings uh, 2000, you, they're saying that there's no strategy to it. Uh, praise the gameplay. Um, a lot of them did really praise the gameplay. Now, this is one thing that I never put into uh, perspective. And that's looking at, one, I can't find how many millions of copies this sold. So it obviously has not sold over a million copies, either of these two games. The other thing is the games that were coming out that Christmas as well. And there was one big title that was coming out around that time. And what was really on the boom in that time, because this was very trash TV time. This wasn't the serious sport of boxing. So what games could they be comparing both of these games to? And that is WWF Attitude. That is your NWO versus uh, WCW games. So they were looking not at either of these two being really boxing games they were comparing them against wrestling games and they weren't even comparing them i, I haven't seen uh, i think with ready to rumble it, it was being compared later later on in its life to knockout champions 2000 because these are the two big boxing games for this console but they were both being compared to the wrestling games and then we come on to Ready to Rumble, and they were impressed, massively impressed. Obviously, we've got the Dreamcast version. You know, the memories of walking into a game and seeing that on the console, on the Dreamcast, that's where I remember it. But even looking at the individual reviews for the N64 version, they were impressed. They were impressed by the level of detail in this game, packed into that little cartridge. It was one of the first cartridges that really made use of the larger sizes. And the scores, I think, are pretty low for both. Um, they're, they're in that sort of realm of they're okay, but these are the lowest, two lowest scores we've seen so far. And we'll go on to Knockout Kings 2000 and IGN scored that a very low 6.7 but the winner and the winner 4-1 of this episode of Battle for Jinjos with 7.8 is ready to rumble It was a weird one. 
I've got to admit, I, I, I only recently, I bought both of these games at the same time. So I bought them just before Christmas. And I knew that this was something that I was going to do. And that's why I bought those two games. And I thought, you know what, I've never played these two games. I need to come into this with fresh eyes. You know, I need to mix it up. Um, and I, I thought it would be an interesting look back at boxing games on a console not really known for its boxing games <laughs> and these are the two big, biggest ones for the console so it was a weird one i've got to admit i don't think either of these two games are perfect i think that if you are an n64 collector out there it is time to definitely turn around and say you need the brawler 64 controller for any of these two games <laughs> you do need the brawler 64 controller if not if it's not for chat chat terrier telling you that he actually injured himself off of one of these bloody games go and get it um it's just the button layout yet again uh from two developers that are not nintendo yet again you have that element with both of these games you do need that brawler 64 controller and after i did i actually enjoyed the games more i've got to admit but at the same time i just think to myself mm, it, it, i will usually say to people you know go and get these for your collection i would say realistically if you're looking at that score you know which one you need for your n64 collection and that is ready to rumble if you if you are after a more comic booky arcadey style then do it if you are a boxing fan and you own still an n64 go out and get yourself a copy of knockout kings it is great i'm not a huge boxing fan but the first thing I did when I realised that Floyd May Mayweather and Muhammad Ali were on the games, I literally stuck it in and <laughs> literally fought them off against each other. That's the first thing I did. And then it was, I was trying to recreate Rocky and, you know, and the create, create a rest, uh, sorry, create a boxer. I've got to stop doing that. Create a boxer mode. So if you are a boxing fan, get both. If you are an N64 collector, get ready to rumble uh, it's it's very rare that you don't hear me say on this podcast get both and i think this is the first time i've said it but if you are a collector i would say if you're looking at the two games get ready to rumble and that's it another battle for jinjo's gone and if you're stuck around this long and you aren't a boxing fan that's because you're waiting for an announcement aren't you how much more can I tease this? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there are two anniversaries that are coming up in our timeline over the next couple of weeks. So this has been, this is going out on Friday, the 5th of February. The next podcast will either be going out on the 18th or 19th of February. Now, why is that important, I hear you cry? Well, on the 21st of February, 1986, a game franchise was born. And in this game franchise, it has produced some of the best computer game experiences that you can have. Now, I could go through the whole history of this computer game, or these computer games, but 
we're here for N64. Now, with this franchise, it didn't just produce one of the greatest games on this console. It produced one of the greatest games of all time. hear benji now i can hear him getting excited (laughs) he's finally got it on the twitch channel and he's gonna get it on the podcast because ladies and gentlemen i did tease that this is a battle for jinjos it isn't a battle for jinjos because (laughs) ocarina of time will beat majora's mask but i love both ocarina of time and majora's mask i love them i mean Ocarina of Time is my favourite game of all time. There's no doubt about it. It is my favourite game of all time. But at the same time, I do have a massive soft spot for Majora's Mask, the art in it, the how it looks, uh, the theories that come out behind it. I love both of these games. So instead of doing a Majora, uh, Majora's Mask versus Zelda battle for Jinjos, we will be doing a little bit of history behind these two games and we're just going to have this general chit chat and i'm hoping to get some very special people on to talk about it as well if they're available (laughs) but we will be talking to people that love this franchise and we'll be talking in depth about its history um, a little bit of prior, a little bit of what happened afterwards, but mainly what happened during 1990s, between 1996 and 2001. We are going to find out, ladies and gentlemen. That is huge. Happy 35th anniversary to Zelda. This is going to be mahoosive, and I can't wait. Um, sorry, I got you all a bit excited that uh, I got my dates wrong, and I thought it was this week just gone it, 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 <laughs> apologies um <laughs> i don't know where i got that from i literally i was sat there going <gasps> next podcast the one after this one it's gonna be that one and then i was just about to announce it on that podcast i went no cliff it's the one afterwards um which annoyed me because i thought there would be a break between these twos but another anniversary is coming up as well and if you follow me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, you know that I've had a mission over the last couple of weeks or months or years because I've never owned it. Um, and that was to get hold of this game. Conquer's Bad Fur Day because on the 3rd of March... This will become 20 years old. So this game, Rare THQ, knocking their heads together, creating a great game and one of the best mature games that have ever come out in that element of 
you know it keeps that cartoon style um and that element of yeah it, it's great i'm gonna save it but this will be the next battle for jinjos but what is it gonna face up against now i had to sit there and go okay i've got to put this up against something that's big but at the same time got that sense of humor i've got to put up this against something else that i really love and something that i'm not just going to give this to conquer so ladies and gentlemen it'll be facing off against in my opinion the most underrated game for the n64 station silicon valley so two weeks time you're gonna have a little mini history of zelda a little mini history of zelda and then after that when we come back to battling these jinjos you're gonna have conquer's bad fur day versus silicon valley and i can't bloody wait now there is another announcement that I'm hoping that will be coming out for next month because <laughs> we are literally going back to back to back to back of quite big episodes. Now, I'm going to save the next one for... I was going to do it in March, um, but because my very special guest... Uh, I don't know his availability at this present moment in time. Uh, he, he's very bogged down with work and I don't want to put more pressure on him at this present moment in time. So I'm holding him back, but we will be having our second player two enters the pod. And we will be discussing on that. Ain't giving it to you now. Not giving it to you now, but it's a huge game and a huge franchise for Nintendo. And that's all I'm going to say on that one. So knockout kings versus ready to rumble we know where we're at with that now ready to rumble has completely and utterly flawed uh, knockout kings you know in a two weeks time you've got uh zelda the history the mini history of zelda with myself um and then you've got after that conquer's bad third day versus space station silicon valley it's gonna be a hell of a month uh, remember as well if you're not already following on the twitter it's at n64 life podcast if you want a bit of interaction with me on uh, email then obviously n64 life podcast at gmail.com um, and if you want to come and see me in real time at least twice a week on a friday and a sunday then come and give the twitch channel a follow n64 life podcast all together one word but ladies and gentlemen that's it for another episode thank you all so much remember let's get to our target over 100 on twitch over 400 on the old twitter and i shall catch you very very soon yes yes oh off buffer